0: On today's episode of Dance Med Spotlight, I'm talking with Jenna Cantor. She's a private practice performing arts physical therapist based out of Pennsylvania and New York. She has a background as a dancer and professional musical theater performer. She is the owner and founder of the Dance PT program, where she offers CEUs and a certification for PTs, PTAs, or PT, PTA students who are interested in pursuing dance physical therapy. In this episode, we talk about a lot of different topics, not only the program that she offers and how she works with her clients, but we also talk about burnout and how to embrace your true authentic self as a therapist working with your clients. A lot of different topics that were really fun to talk about. So be sure to check out this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Dance Med Spotlight, where we talk about all things dance medicine. My guest today is none other than the lovely Jenna Cantor. Welcome, Jenna.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So for people watching this episode or listening to this episode, it's probably going to feel a little different than some of my other ones, just because Jenna and I know each other very well. We've known each other for gosh, I don't even know how many years now. Um, But you were actually one of the first people that I personally got to know who was in the dance medicine world and was like, yes, I work with dancers specifically. And it's like, oh, I guess that is a thing. And it's not just me going, that seems like a cool idea, but nobody does it. So... That's how we know each other and got connected in the first place.
1: And it really grew, our friendship grew organically. It was not a force. It was really just that just natural, gradual, like, yeah. I love it when it happens like that. You never know. You never know who's going to be your good friend. Aha.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So for people who don't know you as well as I do, tell us a little bit about who you are, and some of your background getting you to where you're at at this point in your career.
1: Yes, I'm a performer and physical therapist. I grew up as a ballerina. Bal- uh, ballet is the air I breathe. That is something I heard my ballet director say growing up my whole life. And so I I, I learned to make that in general, The stage and performing is the air I breathe. I still currently, I treat dancers. I still currently am a performer. I ended up Uh, Oh, gosh. I've been interviewed about this a lot, but I'll sum it real fast. I had a history of an eating disorder, which led me to not knowing where to go with my life, even though I still knew I loved performing. And I, oh gosh, wow, it's really hard to like skip over stuff. But uh, and I and I went, ended up going to physical therapy school, which was actually a nightmare come true to me because I always I considered that a failure as a musical theater performer. Mm-hmm. Let me rewind. So I went to school. Um, uh, I, I went to, to college for dance and drama. which that to me was like, ah, because I always wanted to be a ballerina, but then I ended up with injuries that got in the way. While I was in college, I found musical theater. Then I went on to have the musical theater career. While doing the musical theater career, eating disorder, uh, lots of traumatic things to deal with, uh, in which I started to look at what's a way to have a survivor job that is not catering or working with food, because I didn't feel with an eating disorder that was a good environment for me. And uh, and then my parents were pushing me towards physical therapy, which they said when I was a little kid too, because they both, you know, like, oh, your dad's a dentist, you know, you got to do something, the medical, whatever. I ended up thinking, okay, they're obsessed with the body, so it will never be as good as performing, but sure, let's do it. And I went in embarrassed. I didn't even share on social media. I like hid it from the musical theater society because I was mm. I was performing professionally at that point I hid it from the musical theater society while other people were posting first day of school I was like Poom. I w- I got job offers for, like as a performer and I was like hesitant to say no because I didn't want anyone to know I was like getting my doctorate I was embarrassed because mm-hmm. I felt like a failure while I was there that's when I discovered the gift of giving uh, and I never understood that because as a performer you always have to take in order to get anywhere and I learned how giving is way better than receiving that wow it's it's Oh my God. It's it's, uh, yeah. If you know, you know, I'm I'm not, you're not, I'm not saying it to sound benevolent. I remember when I was in interviews for schools and kids were asking, Oh, like what are the volunteer opportunities? And I was like, huh? These brown nosers, what are they talking about? But when I was in school, I I learned the beauty of it. Oh, it's so Mm -hmm. rewarding. And, uh, and then when I finished school, I already was very connected in the musical theater industry and the dancers because I was doing it professionally. So it wasn't like it happened overnight because we're talking about quite a few years of performing professionally uh, to have those connections. And so I was working with performers in New York uh, right away, which was great. And... Uh, then I ended up in Pittsburgh because you know, like the pandemic happens, and 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 the, the areas you were thinking of moving to become very solid very fast when you're socially, dra- uh, not even drained. You're you're in a social drought. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So here in Pittsburgh, I still am licensed in New York, uh, and then, um, goodness, and and also treat in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania in general. And then I started, and then now. segue, which is why you see the dance PT program. I still treat, but the creation of the dance PT program really came about me loving, knowing other dance PTs. I always wanted to have a party and hang out with other dance PTs. And uh, from doing some posts in the doctor physical therapy group, I was just asking, cause I was trying to find other dance PTs. Yeah. Someone in there was like, you need to start a Facebook group. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to, but when that I was asked, I was like, well, I had mentors at the time, Alex Engar and Will Boyd, and they were pushing for me to start something. I was like, I don't want to teach. This is me. I never thought I'd be a physical therapist, you know. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to teach. Start the group and I'm like, okay, let's beta test this. Let's see if I like it. Loved it. And now I've been doing it for what is this now? I, I don't know when this will be published, but the in no, twenty twenty three. So I've been doing it for four years. Mm-hmm. And students get certified to be a dance PT, and that's not just like you. You know your stuff when you finish with me, and that's developed over time more and more. There's a reason why the yeah. price was super cheap at the beginning, and then it went up because, like. I'm good. I feel very confident, and the people who work with me are very confident on treating all dancers, and then exactly what to do to get dancers in the door. Um, so you get CEUs and a, a dance PT certification, and yeah. So I do. I do a couple things treating yeah. dancers. And yeah. I'm not going to talk about the other things because Alyssa knows just <laughs> <still> there. <laughs>
0: well, and I find that I don't know. I I think. A lot of physical therapists that are in private practice, like we tend to dip our fingers in a lot of different things. But I feel like the people that I've gotten to meet within the dance medicine private practice space, it's a whole nother level because I, I, I don't know why, but it's just. Are we is really, a lot remote. of people
1: like bo, 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 bo. we get into it, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I Most think it's when we're so passionate. I think it's just it's, a. we always want to think of how we can get more involved. It's never enough. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. We get obsessed. That's for sure. In the best way possible. So before we talk more about your dance PT program, one thing I want you to share a little bit about is maybe about your private practice, because I think compared to a lot of private practices that we might think of your format and things that you offer for dancers or performers is definitely a little different.
1: Uh, oh, because of the wellness—is that why? Well, because you do
0: like you do the wellness stuff. You do a lot more virtual stuff. Like,
1: oh, it's, yeah. it's not
0: your typical like in the clinic or backstage. Type well, stuff.
1: Okay. They, okay. So the virtual stuff exploding for me happened because of the pandemic. As you know, it all cut. What a devastating time for all of us. And I pushed. Uh, I, I was doing virtual uh, stop visits, and then I, I saw very quickly my patients were getting f- better faster, virtually, and. I went back to the evidence, and I, I'm, I'm actually diving deeper in that to do an Oxford debate on manual therapy versus exercise, as you know, um, mm-hmm. with, with a very dear friend of mine. And uh, I really learned firsthand, hold on, Cat, come on in, my cat wants to be here. Come on in, honey, Annie. honey's going to share, honey agrees. He said, he just told me he approves on what we're discussing so far. Perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect. So um, they were getting better faster. I then developed... I call it wellness because in physical therapy, it's it's often acute. I think of how how insurance thinks. Insurance goes, "Oh, look, they can walk ten feet to go to the bathroom and to work. They're healed." And we're like, "Would well, they need to drop from the ceiling and land in the splits, or you know, do mm-hmm. a tourjete tour into a backflip?" Uh, how would that happen? I think it could. <laughs> that would be hard. But I mean, it's just like evaluating. But you follow. You follow. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Um, or like fouettes into a a split leap and landing down into a somersault. Yeah, that's a Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I don't want to do it, but somebody could. So we have to do these uh, way higher levels. And so insurance doesn't cover. So that's where I say we're in the wellness world, where we Mm -hmm. now start having to prescribe uh, and uh, exercises that are going to work them to a much more functional level. Ani wants to be on. Hi, this is my cat, Ani. It's attention right now. Eventually he'll be asking to leave the room and, uh, goodness. So that's where I have soared virtually. Then fast forward just in 2022, the end of 22, 2022, uh, Alyssa knows this. I had a, Oh no moment. It's such a, Oh crap moment where I realized it wasn't realized. It was very, very clear that people didn't want virtual, they want it in person. I was like, dang it. I haven't had to try while I've been in Pittsburgh. So it's essentially starting all over again with my practice. I'm like, okay. So, uh, when diving into that, I did all the in person, I basically applied what I teach and it's, it works. And, um, (laughs) But people still want virtual, though. Like, they Mm -hmm. want in person, but then they're happy with virtual because of the convenience. I also do very strongly believe there is a point where, which does align with insurance, where the the dancers are just coming in and just doing their exercises and going, and you're kind of just checking up. I mean, yes, you have to do the re-eval, blah, 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 all that stuff, but, like, it is that. And while they're doing the exercises, just for you to watch and see, we're, we're automatically evaluating it. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I provide lower prices where they're coming in. And honestly, it's very much hanging out on there, but it's also accessible because there are not accessible prices out there for these dancers. And so they get to work with me and they're doing their exercises and yeah, moving forward. I had one dancer, um, unfortunately, who got in, was doing a summer a, a summer intensive, uh, dance intensive, and uh, got in a car accident. And we had to go and pause for a little bit. And that's the, like the flip of going from wellness to physical therapy back to wellness. And mm-hmm. with the car accident, um, this dancer was very lucky to not really have any significant traumatic things go on in the body. So it's more just waiting for Things to, the body to calm down, if anything, and the the right. the, the anxiety that comes from that too, big time. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, having that capability to switch and and go back in person if I need to do that visit, you know, to check up the body, uh, it, it's, it's all those options are there depending on what they can afford, but they don't suddenly get completely cut off. So I've really played with a lot of virtual because. Uh, and also, I mean, gas money, there's a lot of things yes. that are really fast if you're offering lower prices. So the virtual really, really helps out with that big mm-hmm. time. Um, so I, I think that's what you are getting at, where I'm different. Uh, i yeah. play around with a lot of wellness, but I've heard that there are also large physical therapy chains. Uh, I don't know names of them off the hand, where they're like, oh yeah, we do very well with wellness. Like, I think every practice could could use that. Mm-hmm. Which- which is good. Yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I know that's something that I've included in my practice where, you know, it can be this really interesting flow like you were talking about where like maybe something happens and now they're more acute again and truly in that like physical therapy space of what we think of more traditionally as PT. And so, you know, I have people who come to me with that acute need first off and then that gets better, but then they want to go wellness route and really work on, well, now how do I take it to another level, work on performance, work on prevention, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then maybe something else happens and we go back onto the Cute side, but you know it's it's nice being able to take them through the entire journey and not just go. Well, your knee's not bugging you anymore. Okay, bye. Yeah, let me know when something else bugs you. And that also gets in the way of their
1: profession, what the things that they need to do uh, ability wise. So that they start mm-hmm. to make all these comp- do all these compensations, as we know, as PTs. Uh, uh, do all these physical compensations and they think they're just stuck like that for the rest of their life. And honestly, Mm -hmm. they may if they're doing it for so long. It might be Mm -hmm. a pretty pretty hard thing to break them out of, whatever that is. Ani really wants to say so much. I do also (laughs) want to say where my practice is definitely very different. I'm very big on being myself the whole time. My personality, my energy, I absolutely support being who they are. And honestly, that really does fit in with my musical theater people big time. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. when I am myself feel that my patients feel, and my students, feel more comfortable to be themselves, however that may be. There are all different types of personalities. And there are different personalities that work well with personalities. Can I mold myself? Yes, but it's like talking like a dead person. I cannot do that. It's, it's something's dead inside of me when I turn on the, or off or whatever, me, who I am. And we don't Mm -hmm. ask that of introverts. Yep. So I I just, I just think it's a very, you're you're like, (laughs) so many friends who are introverts. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But we don't, it's, it's a, it's a, I, I get, Uh, in many cases, very angry at times when I hear of somebody getting picked on for being too happy or bubbly in a a situation. I think that is a, um, that's not, that's not good because for, for there are, there are people where that's actually a safer space, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: a safer space for them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's a big thing that I uh, push for is people feeling comfortable to be Their authentic self, however that is, so that way they can just be their happiest person while Mm -hmm. a patient. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's still uh, respecting boundaries with people,
0: right? Right, but you don't have to like have fit the mold of what a PT is supposed to look like or whatever.
1: Whoever, because like I call the khaki pants, polo shirt personality. And I have some students yes. that I've worked with that that have that. They have that, and and we've talked about them. Like, oh, you got the the that you can. They're like, yes, I definitely. They know exactly what I'm talking about. they like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can totally do that. But they still have had uh, problems. Some of them with employment and being treated horribly. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. There's I there's know. so many different reasons why it will potentially not be the right fit where you're working. Uh, or, or with the patient, it's not just changing that. If that's not the quick fix.
0: Yes, yes. You know? And I think that leads really well to another thing that I wanted to mention as we're chatting here today. So, kind of thinking about as APT, things that, like you were talking about, sort of having to mask and fit the mold to be employed somewhere. Or, you know, like the last place I worked at full-time, it was a place where the business model was the epitome of the mill, where we were cranking through patients every day. And I knew I could do more for my patients, but the business model wasn't going to allow it. And I ended up in such a bad place working there and so burnt out. I ended up giving my two weeks notice. They managed to negotiate a few extra days out of that. I think we did three weeks. Um, And then I didn't work in the clinic for like three months. I quit without a job. And that's where I really started picking up some of my teaching role at the PT program. But you know, I was just at this spot where it was like, I am so burnt out right now. I don't care if I don't have a job. I need to figure myself out and figure out what I want to do with myself. And eventually, once I... Built up funds and came up with my idea and that kind of stuff. I opened my own private practice, but that burnout thing was a real thing. And it is all too common with people, not just in PT, I mean, any profession, but we see it a lot within our profession. Um, and I think sometimes, especially when it's people like us who are passionate about working with a really specific group or in a really specific niche. When we're not in that before, it's like, ah, oh, something's missing and I don't know what. And then we find like, ooh, I can do this thing that I'm excited about. And then there goes the burnout problem.
1: Oh yeah. Big time. And uh, yeah, I didn't know the details of that. So I'm actually really happy to learn that new thing about you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, cause I know you've been, I, I know you've been through some stuff. I mean, unfortunately who hasn't? Mm-hmm. Um, And with that, I, I remember when, when we first met, I already thought when we first met, weren't you already like working with dancers or you were like building it more? Well,
0: so when I first opened my practice, I was just like a general PT clinic trying to market to everybody. And then I was like, well, I really want to do dance, but that's going to be like a subsection. And so at one point I was doing like general PT dance and work comp, and then yep. and then eventually yep. funneled and like, I'm just gonna focus on dance. And if other people show up, sweet, I like working with whomever wants to work with me, but I'm really gonna focus my marketing and efforts on the dance community.
1: I love that, I love that, yeah. Yeah. And it was very cool. Oh, for those who I love to always brag, because you just do so well. Uh, Alyssa is an alumni from the Dance BT program as well. And that was very cool. And uh, also an, a, where our friendship grew kind of organically then, like closer, 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 closer kind of thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so I, I love all that you do. Alyssa is a perfect example. I love that it's not about you. This vlog is what I'm talking totally about you, uh, but whatever. I love you. Um, no, but Alyssa has done such a good job with putting it into action. Things don't just appear. It takes action. It takes consistency. You're going to have roadblocks along the way as you're pursuing and and, and making it happen for yourself. Do you need me, a mentor, to make it happen? Absolutely not. Do a lot of people need it? Yes. Because having a mentor makes a world of a difference. Could you imagine studying to become a physical therapist without school? Oh my God. No way. No way. Even if school wasn't a thing, I'd be like, uh, yeah. So it, 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 it yeah, you, you really are good at whatever you take, whatever you learn, just like boom, 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 going and doing it. And, and it, yeah, the proof is in, in the results, which is good. And it doesn't happen overnight. Did it happen overnight? Right heck no absolutely not not working overnight and I was mean to myself I came from a place where I was very established in New York and moved to the place where I didn't know anyone are things working mm-hmm. out yes but like it it sucked when I finally had to put in the work I yeah like,
0: Let's yeah do it. and that's the thing like you know when I opened my practice I had been out of full-time PT work for probably about
1: I just wanted to leave. All right. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> I too. was out of full time PT work probably, I don't know, at least four or five years, if not more than that. Yeah. And I was doing PRN all of that time. And I had gone from having all of these great connections from like physicians and different people like that. And even some of my patients who were connected to other people in the community that I had really good rapport with and really good relationships with. When I left, all of that stuff went away. And so years later, when I decided to open my private practice, I was starting over again. Even though I was in the area that I've lived in my whole life, I had no connections to work off of anymore. And there's a part of me where it's like, I wish I would have been in a place back then to start right away so that I could have leveraged some of those connections. You know, I, I might have had a little different journey and path through everything, but at the same time, Through all the other things that I experienced, I learned a lot. It wasn't always the easiest thing, but like working PRN at all of those other clinics, I got exposed to a lot of other business models and, you know, just ways that things worked within the clinic. And it was like, hmm, I like this. I don't like that. Okay. When I open my thing, I'm going to keep this in mind. And so, you know, all of those were learning opportunities to put into play later when I was ready to do something with it.
1: Right, right. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it does, it works out. It's slowly, but surely it works out. It's slowly, but surely, but just don't give up. Yeah. I've, I've, I've run into so many people at different places, either students or professionals, new professionals, people who have been working for a very long time. The way we can get in our way with pursuing the profession of treating dancers, focusing on that niche is, is like unbelievable. That's, I I spoke, I speak publicly and, and on social media interviews often, often, most of the time talking about how we get in our own way because it's mm-hmm. the biggest problem. It's the biggest problem. And anybody who's a naysayer, even if they're nice to you, but if they're saying like, ooh, can I go into the naysaying thing? Oh my God. Go okay. for it. Yes. Okay, so not because I've talked about this, but I think it's important to identify naysayers on your journey. So naysayers can come about in different ways. I'm gonna give one story that I've told multiple times. I had one student, actually, this person wasn't a student with me yet. Uh, uh, they were not working with me yet. When this happened, they went to CSM, which is combined sections meeting for it's a big physical therapy conference. And there is a group, a a small group, a, a performing arts, special interest group. That's part of the American Physical Therapy Association. And so they were doing a meetup with dance PTs. Amazing. And they were at this. I wasn't able to be at it because I i swear this was an innocent thing this year. Um, but I, I wasn't able to be able because I had planned a dance PT meetup. But I didn't know about their meetup. So, like, there was a bit of an overlap. As it just uh, th- that was a bummer because, yeah. Um, but anyhow, this person went to that and they met up at, at my thing as well. And um, because, yes, going to all the things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were there and there was a practitioner, somebody very reputable up the, up the, up the chain has been working in dance PT for a long time. So this, this new grad goes up to this, the pro let's, let's make up names. So Sonia, sure. I love this. <laughs> Sonia is, is going to be the new grad and Tanil is going to be the long-term professional, Sonia and Tennille. I don't know. I'm just
0: (laughs) amazing. Love it.
1: So Sonia, she goes up to to Tanil, super excited, says, oh yes, I cannot wait. I'm going to be I plan to go ahead and treat, uh, treat dancers. I'm going to start my own practice. I'm really excited. It's, it's just like, I'm just getting things together for that. And Tanil looks and goes, oh really? You know, what kind of practice? Oh, and Sonia says, oh, it's going to be cash PT. I can't wait out of network. And Tanil looks at, at, Sonia, who's so excited to be talking to somebody who's been working in the industry for a long time. So it's very, it's great to be sharing this dream that's that's in the process of just about to take action. And Tennille and Tanil looks and says, Okay, and I don't I don't care the tone. You can make this friendly, you can make this mean. Okay. So clearly I don't approve. Okay. For the record, there's already <laughs> a error like, on my side. So Tanil says oh, how are you going to make your practice accessible to all dancers? And Sonia's, uh, 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 I don't know what Sonia said. Uh, she didn't remember when she was telling me about this. And when she told me this story, she wasn't saying that she was getting naysayed in it. She was saying it because she felt like there was something wrong with her. And I, when I was told this story, I was like, how dare to kneel? How dare she, this person who's been around for so long. That is like the highest, craftiest, most conniving way, a method of cover-up professionalism. Perfect example where they're being nice, but absolutely like catty and judgy and throwing this innocent, excited, motivated human into a brick wall with something they're very excited about. This is what Tanil could have said if, if she wasn't... You know, so busy judging and naysaying. She could have said, oh, I don't know anything about this because I don't have a background uh, that you might be concerned on how you can be accessible. Here are some friends to talk to. Not sit there and watch the person. I'm livid. That is high. That is that is, and that's where naysaying can be absolutely hidden. It happened to me one time, and and but it wasn't indirect. In what in, well, was kind of in my actions, I was doing this campaign. And for those who know me, I'm I'm a not the traditional personality in the medical field, and I refuse to ever be. Uh, do I remain HIPAA compliant? Absolutely. So anyway, <laughs> the, there was. I was at a conference, a physical therapy conference, one where like, it's pretty much the people who go are the people at the top level with amongst the American Physical Therapy Association. These are like the people, the creme de la Croix, So to be amongst mm-hmm. these, very, very cool. And so everything that's discussed at this particular conference is not, a, people cannot say, t- people can talk about what was discussed, but they can't say who said it. It's very in a way you have a So somebody in was talking about physical therapy and set aside a little side thing, you know, cause physical therapy is not sexy. And I'm sitting by a bunch of friends and I like, want to bet. So I created a campaign. PT is sexy. And I went around and everybody got it. You know, I went around and I was showing the sexy to like big names in the industry. And I'm being kind, not saying the names, even though that wasn't what was discussed. This is an absolute sidebar. I created this whole campaign. Uh, One good friend uh, uh, was really helpful and kept making sure that I was giving diversity um, in, in representation. So I started off with the stereotypical beautiful models, but then the campaign uh, and then f- from people with different skin tones, different from different areas, and then different ages, um, people with uh, w- who had an amputated leg. Uh, it, uh, it's it just massive variety, and it more and more and more and more, more. And it just okay. only said PT is sexy. That's it. I had nothing to sell. And so I was doing this. Because was this a weekly thing? I think I made it 54. What I do is there's 52 weeks in a year, but I always make 54 because you never know if I'm posting on Thursday, if there's more Thursdays that year. So I was doing, I think I was posting one a week and I, there was, okay. So that's what I'm doing there. Now let's go to another thing. There's a person that I really looked up to. Let's uh, call her Megan. Okay. Uh, and I had I was a new grad, and I when I graduated, I was like, ooh, I want to start becoming friends with these dance PTs I've met. So this Megan was one of those people. I was I was messaging, you know, not too much, you know, because I didn't want to, you know, I can be a lot. I mean, even when I don't try them a lot, so it's fine. It is what it is. But once people get to level, it's fine. So I uh, so I, I'm messaging Megan, really, really excited about uh, getting to know her. Didn't hear anything. I didn't read into that at all. Megan's probably busy. I saw Megan got moved into a new a job opportunity. I messaged her. Oh my God, congratulations. All these things. I didn't hear from her. I even saw her at a conference and, you know, hi, hi, good to see you. You know, I didn't even bring that up. I'm going, it's fine. Well, I'm doing the PT sexy campaign. And there's several things that like, that I learned so much from this campaign, I could do a whole, uh, I, I would need to be dyed in how I just talk about it, because I am a white female. So uh, I'm doing, I've, I've been doing it for at least like three months now. And mm-hmm. I put up uh, I, I've put up beautiful models, like in this, you know, of all different sizes. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, I guess it was my first one of a black male with his shirt off. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. You know, like the washboard abs, beautiful, sexy. And I have never gotten, I, I got the most reactions from this one out mm-hmm. of oh, all the people I did before. Gorgeous, beautiful. This one got the most reactions. And that's when I first hear from Megan. And Megan messages me, you know, are you sure you want to be doing this PTS sexy campaign thing? And this isn't a new argument, what you said. Mm-hmm. Are you sure this is appropriate, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, I would love to connect with you to talk about it. And I happen to be doing work with a mentor at the time that was it. Was all about connecting with what was really going on within me in my life, and um, to be connected to my true story, my how to be in my my best self, happiest, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and so she's mess- she's messaging me, and I'm not hearing back from her. I didn't hear back from her. Connect. And I was like, oh okay. Then fast forward, I did. I kept doing it weekly. This PT sexy, you know, geriatric individuals, you know, whatever. PT sexy, and. And I hear from her again, you know, saying essentially the same thing. Yeah, I would like to talk with you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And then uh, she, I believe Megan messaged me back again. And that's when uh, it dawned on me. And I'm so grateful I had this aha moment for myself. And it dawned on me because I was like, something felt right. Something was getting me to like shake. My body literally shakes when I get, when something is making me feel off and and, and, oh. Literally, shake. I throw up, and so I start getting that. And I'm like, "What's going on, body? Tell me. Speak to me. Speak to me, body." And what I what it dawned on me it was Megan had no time for me when it was to connect about anything positive, any of my successes. Nothing. Not a like. Not an acknowledgement. But when I was doing something wrong, that's when she had time for me. Mm -hmm. And I went, "Oh, this is not my person. This is not." This is not a good, this is not a good human, not a good human in my life. Uh, No, absolutely not. So I just, I just stopped. I just stopped replying in that for my Mm own sake. Uh, And then uh, ironically enough, this Megan person has become a bit of a bully to me on social media, which was just like, what a turn of events, you know, me adoring to this person being super mean to me. And uh, I've had to uh, eliminate, uh, unfriend. I haven't, I think I, I think I blocked her. I hope I did. I must have because I don't remember seeing anything. Um, but I had to go to that length because she only popped up to just try to find ways to insult me
0: mm-hmm.
1: on social media. Uh, a huge bummer. And I'd like to bring up this story because there's still going to be people who have a great experience and look up to her and she's great too. It doesn't nullify or invalidate my experience, my awful experience. Mm-hmm. With this person. And it doesn't mean I'm any less of a person or, or in any, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, could she have had some thoughts that are valid? Absolutely. But she's not a person I would talk to about it. I'd mm-hmm. rather talk to somebody who's there for both sides of the conversation. And that's- well, I
0: think, I think there's something. So, like, two things that come to mind as you're talking about this one yeah. is this idea of the naysayers. And I think. I think anytime you have somebody who is that person, it's always a tough thing. But especially when it's somebody in an area that you're passionate about, somebody that you look up to, you know, there, there's that next level of of connection to them or like desire to connect with them or that kind of thing. It it's just that much more brutal when it's coming from somebody like that and it's unfortunate especially like within the dance medicine world. It is it's a small space. I mean even thinking PT world it seems like everybody knows Everybody. Right. But then we get into the dance world, and even thinking dance medicine, not just dance PT, mm-hmm. that's a super tiny group of people. And so it's like, you know, when you have those interactions, it's unfortunate that we can't just help each other out and help lift one another up instead yes. of having those moments because there's more than enough to go around. It's something where we know that there is a lack of resources for the dance community, a lack of research compared to a lot of other areas of sports medicine and that kind of thing. And so it's like, why not all work together and support one another to help all of us out and our dance communities out more instead of trying to tear somebody else down. Exactly.
1: And it's just, I mean, there are people who were in my class who have gone on and done similar things going into the dance PT world. And I have seen this bully support that. So it's just, it's, it, it is, personal and it's mean and it's hurtful and like everybody has different ways to deal with things I've learned when I need to speak up about it especially if that person's in the room and I'm I'm uncomfortable I speak up about it because it's it's she's my bully she's unfortunately you know like that's just what she's become at this point and um and it and it's, man, does it make you feel so small for no good reason. It's mm-hmm. terrible. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And, and uh, it, it's unfortunate. I'm definitely not the only person. And I don't, and let's talk about what, where it makes zero sense to have any bullies in dance PT. We need more dance PTs and PTAs alone. Mm -hmm. We need more medicine professionals. I remember when I was injured, I was a ballerina in California. There were no, and this was in the eighties, nineties, there were no uh, dance medicine people. The closest I could get was in San Francisco. And there are people in San Francisco now. They did not exist back in my time. Mm -hmm. So I went there to the special sports medicine place. And I was put with some I believe guy that like, he did not speak my language. We went there one time and that was it. We were out. I ended up doing Pilates. I ended up getting better. Thank goodness. But I mean, Pilates people wonderful. They don't know. I really look at it as some darn luck that I was able to get out of my, it was hip tendonitis. Um, Mm -hmm to get, to get out of that pain and, and fix my technique to, but like, that was a longer road than it likely would have been had I had a dance medicine professional, especially physical therapist. Yes. So often there are posts online. Oh, do you know somebody in Arlington, Virginia? I feel like I just saw a Virginia post, um, or, or wherever, or like, and, and there'll be crickets or people will say people, um, it'll be the same person the same person every time, that's one. Uh, it'll uh, be someone that'll be the same person that's not close. It'll be people they think, are they in the area? They just tag them, but they're mm-hmm. not sure kind of thing. So this is an issue.
0: Yes. Just
1: because, and and this is just true for everyone, just because, oh, I know a person in San Francisco that's great. What if the dancer that goes there does not, bl- does not work well with that person? Mm-hmm. We need the. We need more people. We right. need more people, and and uh, and when we're talking about go bouncing, going back to that naysaying, when we're talking about saying oh are you going to be accessible being out of network actually makes you way more accessible because you have the 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 opportunity to change the prices however you want to move things around however you need to to create packages however you can for this dancer to get the full help that they rightfully deserve that they otherwise in many cases would not because you're making the assumption that the dancer has insurance in the first place
0: Mm -hmm. yes yes assumption that the dancer has insurance um I know in Colorado, we have a really large HMO company that is here that a lot of people have because it's known to have a pretty good reputation and you know pretty reasonable prices when it comes to insurance and that kind of thing. But they definitely don't have any dance specialists within their network. And even the way that PT works there... I've heard very mixed reviews of people's experiences. And so, you know, I've had a lot of patients who have that insurance end up coming to see me because they're like, no, we recognize that we need somebody who specializes in this and we're willing to pay for it because we know we're not going to get what we need in what's available to us.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then for me, that's where I really, and any practice can do, that's where I develop my wellness programs to create group situations that are not physical therapy. So the, the dancer has to be a certain point in their healing. So it's not physical therapy anymore. Uh, but those group things is, are are the, the, oh, such a good long term, getting them fully back to function solution. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said color Colorado, Co- yes, I. I've always said Colorado, Colorado, Colorado.
0: Colorado. There is a debate <laughs> in the state. This is, supposed it is Colorado to... or Colorado? Colorado, Colorado. And there are people who you know are from here who argue both ways, so nobody can decide on how it's actually said. Okay, when I say it's Colorado,
1: Colo- color Colorado, Colorado. I don't
0: know why I have to
1: like swallow to say it. <laughs> Colorado. Colorado. As soon as you said it. British
0: or something, it's fine.
1: Put in in the comments. Put in the comments. Is it Colorado or Colorado? Colorado.
0: Exactly. It
1: feels weird when I say Colorado
0: though. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, I mean, like there's so much to the whole, like we need more dance specialists in general. Because I mean, I have a similar story. I was an injured high school dancer and I went to my PCP, my primary care doc, and he basically, I hurt my knee. And he basically said, do some squats, take a leave, you should be fine. Even though my legs like giving out on me on stairs, I wasn't dancing for three or four months. And eventually I got to a point where I could go back to dance, but I still was having problems with my knee. And it wasn't until I got to PT school and learned what was wrong with it and then what to do for it, that anything changed. And so it's like, you know, who knows? I never had any dreams of pursuing dance professionally, but I feel like at least the rest of my time in high school could have been different, a different experience if I had not been dealing with the knee issue at the time. Yes, And so, and even now, you know, I, I still dance. I Primarily do West Coast swing and compete in it, and there have been things where, like my yes, doing the hair whips and everything. Yes, that's, she does these great that's my
1: hair whips. She got to look up Melissa dancing. She <laughs> oh, she's, it's very, it's very smooth. Right. Yes,
0: <laughs> um, but you know, it's like even things where I notice things that don't feel right in my body. There's a lot that I'm able to go to. that I use with my dancers who come see me, where it's like mm, maybe I should do this a little bit, and I was like, "Hey, looked, it worked. It's it's great." And so it's fascinating getting to chat with some of my friends in the West Coast Swing community who are sometimes younger than me, um, who were saying like, "Oh, I my knee's really bugging my." feet are bugging me. My whatever is bugging me. I don't know how you're dancing so much and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if only you knew somebody who knows your dance style well and knows the human body and can maybe help you figure out how to not have these aches and pains and maybe improve technique or performance or endurance or who knows what. Like, who knows who that might be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing those people right next to me who are my friends, having all of these things where their body doesn't feel like it's cooperating with them. And it's like, just, just come work with me and I can help you.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's where we just need more. That's what, that's what, aside from the fact that I love teaching people how to treat dancers, the, the need to have, even if ooh, what makes you a dance med professional? Okay, so even mm. if, so, uh, ooh, I'm going to sidetrack. I, I love how I interrupt myself all the time. Um, so <laughs> the, I had a conversation when I first started the Dance PT program. I'm doing all these phone calls. They're sales calls, 100%. And talking to one person and she said, ooh, how do I become a Dance PT? And I said, well, I said, are you, what are you doing right now? And she said, oh, I'm the main physical therapist for this ballet company. <laughs> I said, you are one. <laughs> I was like, you are one. What are you talking about? You are.
0: Oh, awesome. you
1: know? I thought there was a thing that I had to like, no. And honestly, I would say the same thing now. Yes. You can get dance PT certified and it does look good because I, I do get res- like, yeah, I, I have, the students at, at, at the backbone, sure. But do you need it to pursue? No, absolutely not. Like I'm just the mentor that that many people would want to have, and so I'm making that happen. So, but what makes you a dance BT? Do you need to be doing it? Gosh, there's one hair. Let's make it look beautiful. There we go. Um, <laughs> the, there. What makes you a dance BT? You do not need to be. They don't have to be a hundred percent of your practice. They don't have to be 50%. It can be whatever you want to be. You could be in the middle of nowhere. I'm trying to think of a middle of nowhere. Anyhow, a middle of nowhere place. And there's only one dance studio within an hour, but you're like the one PT. And so they come to you. They trickle in whenever it comes up, but you are the PT they go, go to. You're a dance PT. You don't have to have a certain amount. I had one student uh, after after she worked with me. We were catching up the next year, and I was saying, "How are things going?" Because things were really rough for her. She didn't get the job she wanted, uh, where she wanted to do dance PT, and and because of the pandemic, and and then. She ended up getting to go back there, which was great. They ended up re, re bringing her in. What's not wasn't rehiring because she was a student there first, but yeah, mm-hmm. we were finally able to hire her. And I said, "How are things going?" She said, "Well, I treat fifty percent dancer, then the rest is everything else." And 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 she knew what I was going to ask before I could even say, "Are you happy? Are you good?" She said, "You know what? I would not want. I love this. I love getting to see all things. If it was hundred percent set dancers, that mm, that would be too much for me." She said, "This is the perfect." amount. I was like, that's mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just, she's happy doing that. It doesn't yeah. have to be, there's some, uh, there's some parents who have worked with me and their dancers are at the studio they want to get in. That's the studio they, they work at and they get the patience from, but now they know what to do.
0: <laughs>
1: they do mm-hmm. and, they, and that was developing their skills. So it, it's, it, it, yeah. Yeah. That's it.
0: That's it. Yeah. It's, and,
1: an actor, if an actor doesn't book work, they're not an actor.
0: hmm Yeah. And that's just it. I mean, like even, even for me, my practice is not a hundred percent dancers. It's grown percentage wise over time, but it's not a hundred percent dancers. Um, and I think the biggest thing is it, it just needs to be somebody who understands where the dancer is coming from, understands some of the language, culture, expectations, movement needs, all of that kind of stuff, because dance is one of those sports and arts where we push our bodies beyond what is normal
1: yes. and beyond
0: what it is maybe technically built to do. Um, and so just you know, being able to say, yes, I can support you to get to your goals and not go... Well, that's more than the human body supposed to do. So, I, you know, you're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: that's not how this works.
1: That's not how it works. I, yeah, I, for uh, talking about our practices, what, what we treat, I actually do treat mostly performers. I, I don't have many pedestrians, but I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn. So with that, and the reason why I say I'm stubborn, um, it, when I moved to Pittsburgh and I had to rebuild, I was, I'm ready to. I'd rather do things I love to do than things I don't want to do. So for me, mm-hmm. I definitely struggling financially. Alyssa knows. I was like, ah. um, but, the, but the rebuilding has definitely happened, and which is great. I don't want a full schedule. That's why I can never get a mm-hmm. student because I don't want a full schedule. I don't right. want those that those hours. I don't want it. And right. also, that's what makes me capable to do the Dance PT program because Lord knows if I had a full schedule, no, no, oh, no, yeah. That, No, thank you. Uh, And then I do love my hands on doing a lot of other things. So I'm just not uh, outside of physical because I'm a performer still as well. So, and that definitely has helped continue to connect me with new performers and treating and all that stuff as well, which is great. Mm -hmm. So that's how I want my life to be. So you can, however you want to be aware. Can I switch it? Can I switch gears? Is this cool? Go for it. All right. So let's talk about employment. So now (laughs) be aware. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just talking with you. Um just because I know your dance med spotlight might reach people and how this could help people. So that's why I'm just like, mm-hmm. right. so now be aware when it comes to employment as you're going. Oh, do I want there's there's four ways to work as a physical therapist. I'm not sure a physical therapist, physical therapist assistant. Um I don't know other medical professions, but I'm sure there's overlap in what I'm about to say. One, you can work for a place that's already established and has all the dancers coming in. You can, good, you don't have to do anything. Two, you could go to a place where it's not established and you can do the work to bring in the dancers. Three, you can work for that place. And then on your own, on your side, on the side, you can bring in dancers. If you are a physical therapist assistant, it cannot be physical therapy, as you know, because you have to have a PT connected, but it can be wellness. Okay, so somebody who's not injured, but they want to achieve whatever goal. Okay, then uh, lastly, starting your own thing with the PTA. Yes, it has to be with a physical therapist if you are doing formal physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are the options. Now, when it comes to working for places, there are a lot of uh, like places that are established. They pay horribly, horribly. And that's me saying it nicely. <laughs> Alyssa knows it's so bad it doesn't mean oh just because you want to work with dancers doesn't mean you have to be paid less and and that does lead to burnout Mm -hmm. these places that pay horribly notice to pay attention to the turnaround uh how long are people working there like like think of how long that place has been existence in, in existence. And then also look at the age of the people. If everyone there is young, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's saying, why? Why are, why, is, why don't we have people staying there for a long time? You want people of all ages. Oh gosh, I just got I have, uh, hair in my eyelash. So um, uh, I'll give examples of good places where I've seen all ages, uh, because uh, definitely if I have something positive to say, Harkness has all ages. I'm focusing on New York because I know New York. And mm-hmm. then, oh god, what's the one that's right by American Ballet Theater? Um, oh. I don't know
0: New York, so I can't help you.
1: Yeah, this is like my language, and I'm thinking, oh, and I know if they're they ever listening, to this be like, we know who you're talking about, that's us, and we're like, yes, <laughs> um, uh, uh, uh. uh, uh uh, I don't want to say names in case of don't say anything, but there's a per- girl who works there and she does uh, teaches and helps people with uh, treating dancers as well.
0: Are you thinking, uh, is it West End?
1: Yes. West Side Dance. West, West Side, Side Dance mm-hmm. Physical Therapy. They also have people of all ages working there for a long time. And, and if, if you're lucky, you get there when somebody is leaving. And they're usually leaving to like start their own thing, you know, or just change it up. But it's not because they like, because it is, it's, clearly a solid place to work both, mm-hmm. you know, both of these places. Um, for me, I knew I wanted to start my own business from doing a business course while in my final year. I also, for me, part of my checklist when I work at a place, I need to be able to be myself. And so if I, if there, if I have to put on that khaki pants, polo shirt personality, I can't, no, thank you. Uh, Can Mm -hmm. I? Sure, I've done it. But I'm Mm -hmm. just at a point in my life, I'm at an age where I'm good. I don't, nah, I don't don't want it. So that is a big thing. And also, I don't want to be treating, yes, or there are some exceptions, but I don't want to be treating a show at night, backstage care regularly. Sure, like a couple one-offs, sure, but not regularly because I want to perform. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm good. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but uh, however, I've definitely treated performers in shows that I've been in. So, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. but anywho's, uh, yeah. So that's a real journey. I wanted to mention that the pay and everything, those are things to be thinking about the schedule, still looking at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't like places that uh, it's not all of them, but I don't in any place, even outside of dance PT. I think it is an alarm. If a physical therapy clinic is saying, we're the only ones who do this, you cannot get this anywhere else. We're the best, we're the only ones because you think that dancer's gonna live in New York for the rest of their life? What if they go in, and move to to freaking Arizona or Ohio or mm-hmm. California or somewhere where you don't have the clinic? So now they think they are never gonna get good treatment for the rest of their life. And we know that's not true. We know mm-hmm. that's 100% not true. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that rhetoric needs to just stop, because that's actually going against the long-term healing for those dancers. And then it also makes the dancer feel, if they are not feeling like the treatment's working out for them where they're at, because you're saying, hey, we're the best, we're the best, then they think they're stuck with their problem forever.
0: Right. Yeah. I think those are really important points. And one thing that I want to go back to that you mentioned that I think is really important, thinking of the PTs or PTAs, students, etc. It's important to remember, and this is one of my soapboxes that I will be on forever. (laughs) It is important to remember that physical therapy doesn't need to look like any one thing. We've already talked plenty about the whole like khaki polo shirt personality PT, but what work looks like also doesn't need to look like any one thing. And so, you know, if you're at a point, whether it's while you're still in school and you're kind of looking at job prospects or you're already a PT and you're feeling burnt out, I think it's so important to kind of go back to some of those things and think about what is it that you really want out of your career? Are the jobs that you're looking at supporting some of those things for you? So like for you, you don't want to regularly do evening shows, weekend shows, because you also want to be able to perform. Mm-hmm. for oh, me, go in the I pool love- at night. It's a hot day. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, for me, I love teaching. And so, you know, I want something where it allows me to still work with students and, and do that side of things. I like doing backstage and event things. Granted, I don't do that on a regular basis, but, you know, that's something that I enjoy doing. And so having a schedule that allows me to be flexible to be able to work events even if it's like my West Coast Swing conventions where I'm there for 3 days over the weekend. You know, I I want to be able to support all of those different things. I love going to conferences. I love being able to go speak at studios. And so, you know, with the way that my practice is built, if you look at just my practice alone, it doesn't look that impressive. It's not a high number of patients that I have on caseload. I'm not working a ton of hours in the clinic every week. It's not my primary source of income either, but it is supporting what I love doing, working with the people that I love and help support the life that I want for myself so that I still can be out dancing. I still can compete. I still can teach I can still do all of those other things that help fill my cup and drive my passion in what I do. And so, you know, when you're in those places where you're like, oh, what am I even going to do? Because I don't want to do the typical PT thing. Look for options. And it could be you find something that is as an employee somewhere that really fits what you're wanting. Fantastic. Maybe it's something where you go out on your own, whatever. There are options. Yeah.
1: There are <laughs> options, exactly. There are options. Uh, it's not just one thing. I love that. Yeah. Yes, that's a beautiful soap box. I think you should decorate it. Oh my god, we should make soap boxes, like portable ones. Oh my gosh! And so then, like,
0: I have we- a box for my for soap. Is
1: But wouldn't <laughs> that be funny? Is to like bring that at a conference and you, you you're like, wait a second. And you pull out the soapbox and you stand. So this actually makes me think, oh my God, you're not even trying to be dramatic, but wouldn't that be hilarious? This mm-hmm. this should happen. This should be a thing.
0: <laughs> and I feel like it needs to involve like puff paint and glitter and rhinestones yes, and absolutely. all the things.
1: Yes. Very uh, Selena, the singer, how she did the rhinestones, that, that look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you could even maybe uh put some sort of electric horn or bell so when you're done with your soapbox you click that so people know and signals you're done you're gonna have your soapbox like
0: all right you can continue thank you
1: <laughs> it can, or it could be like it could be an automatic thing that says and that concludes the diatribe or whatever yes oh <laughs> yes. um, I love that so much
0: So now I want to transition to give you a chance to talk more specifically about your dance PT program. So for people who have not seen information about it, are not familiar with it, give us a little spiel of what this is and who it's for.
1: So if you want to look at the website, it's danceptprogram.com. This is danceptprogram.com. This is for physical therapists and physical therapist assistants. Now, I know all medical professionals listen to this podcast it's not a no forever with with other medical professionals. It's just everything I'm teaching is based off of the assumption and all, the limitation of what I know. So I'm going to assume you know things, and that's my starting point when working with with students and professionals in physical therapy, even students, I know they're about to learn it, so I know what I talk about is going to line up and not. Blah, 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 blah. I also don't need to worry about the legalities of teaching things that is not within scope and vice versa. Like it's that whole, as we all know in medical, the medical profession, this is not a new thing. Of like, is that in your scope? We're always asking that of ourselves and with them with our our friends in the in the profession. Yes. So in the, in this, it's a eight, okay. It's an eight week long program. It is all virtual. It teaches you how to treat dancers and to get them in the door. There are two tracks when you go on the website as a student there's a treatment track and the business track. You have access to both of them. forever. So if I add anything, you automatically get it. A great example is in 2020, when I first started doing the program, I did not have CEUs or a certification. So all the alumni automatically get access to all the lessons and everything and the assignments and quizzes to still get those CEUs. Does not matter the price that they got the, the Dance PT program at. In this program, in regards to mentorship, You have a one 30 minute one-on-one call with me per week for eight weeks. And then a group call that's an hour long max per week on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you cannot make it to that Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern Zoom call, don't worry, it's recorded. You have access to it forever. Everything is, since you have access to it forever in regards to time, I work with all different schedules because I've had a lot of parents, I've a lot of people with busy, unpredictable schedules and events in their life, weddings, NPTE, exams, uh, just working at a mill like Alyssa did back in the day kind of situation. I don't even know when I can sleep kind of thing. Uh, You have access to it forever to let you work on your own time. And in there, in regards to treatment, I teach you how to treat all different styles of dance. I really focus on not the acute part where, oh, they just had a surgery. The surgery forever. I have something in my eye, so I'm going to just keep playing. Also, I just look so beautiful when I work on my
0: eyelashes. Um,
1: The, what the heck was I saying? Um, Uh,
0: Not acute not so much. I mean, yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: acute is, is the same for anyone. You don't have to be a dancer. Like once you're recovering from an injury, it's still the same, essentially the same protocol, maybe some differentiate, some, some slight differentiations depending on what doctor you're working with and stuff. But that that's, I, I focus on, I focus on when the dancer it would be discharged from doing the, the sideline clamshells, engaging your deep core muscles. Like We're moving on. We've done that. We are beyond that. Um, can, of course, you include that in, in the thought process, sure. But where I focus on is where we start doing higher level functional exercises and, and self-manual, self-joint mobilizations uh, using their own body weight to get to whatever goal you ultimately needed to get to in the first place to be performing at that highest level. Uh, and and then also to achieve that 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 is. And I throw different things at you so you feel comfortable with anything that comes in your door, anything you want to try to do because your brain is working that way. I get you to build your toolbox, to be absolutely unafraid and fearless, to keep grabbing things. And I just really get your... Brain to work beyond that basic part. A very common issue people have is how to, um, uh, what exercises to use, how to keep expanding that toolbox. So I just, I get you really, really good at that. Um, Regarding manual, it's virtual. I'm not going to focus on manual. And then also, you know, from my experience, the long-term results have come from exercise. So I have a bias and a lean that way. Also, it doesn't make sense to do manual virtual. Did I mention that already? So you can do any, there's a lot of great manual therapy programs. Go do those. Those are awesome. So we're focusing on all that functional stuff where the dancer can independently do things. In regards to marketing, I have a very, very organized, very like Excel spreadsheet system that you create that you just literally, once it's all put together, which that takes time with my guidance, then you just literally use it in the way that I teach you to use it. And it it works, it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. Uh, so yeah, th- I love this Dance PT program. It's really where you get that wonderful extra kick in your butt to get the job done. Uh, and And it's not easy. None of it mm-hmm. is easy. Nothing happens overnight, and that's why I'm there to help you. Because sure, you can look things up on YouTube, you can get intermittent lessons, but for you to be confident that you are like good to go, that's the Dance PT program, and that still all the other dance physical therapy continuing education courses—they're awesome. Mine is that through line.
0: Mm-hmm. Mine
1: is that through line for you to just be like, I'm good. And you'll go and you'll go, you'll end up doing It's because uh, we always have to learn like literally legally and also we want to. So um, from mine, yeah, you go and learn from all these other places. I'm extremely evidence-based. People are like, where's your evidence? I literally have a library because I keep collecting my references. So there's a lot of evidence that I use for this because I have to keep staying on top of it. Uh, and also with what you were saying before Alyssa made me think of the research our research is still so piss poor that I need to stay on top of anything that we have that's long-term results. For instance, I get very into when we are d- uh, discussing how to get that dancer back to whatever that full function is. I get very into, oh, my, my brain just absolutely like, pfft. um, <laughs> I think it's gone. It might be gone. Anybody who's, of a certain age relates with me right now, hardcore. Yeah, it's it's gone.
0: It may (laughs) come back. That's cool. So is there anyone who is maybe not the right fit for your program, at least right now?
1: Uh, Anyone who's not a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. There may be a bleed over with athletic trainers there, there is a lot more. I have friends who were athletic trainers and then became physical therapists. And they were like, there's so much more that PTs know. Uh, so I, 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 I just legally, I start to, uh, so I'm going to take back what I just said, because I just, I feel rude when I say that, you know, oh, not for, because ATCs are freaking awesome. I have friends who are killing it out there and helping dancers. Uh, But for me, because of my limited expertise is really focused on physical therapists and physical therapist assistants, I feel comfortable, not only with my expertise, but also I would say legally comfortable keeping my focus there uh just because I just don't want to mess up. And I am the queen of messing up. I've made so many mistakes in my life, but that's why I'm so good at the things I'm good at. And I will continue to make mistakes. It's fine. We all do. And then I'll just keep learning and growing and being great. Yes.
0: Exactly. And I can tell you just from knowing Jenna and having a lot of conversations over the years about all sorts of things, but <laughs> related to the Dance PT program if it's something where you're kind of thinking, this sounds interesting. I don't know if it's the right fit for me. I don't know if it's the right time for me. She's fantastic about getting on the phone and having a conversation with you, asking you questions and seeing if, you know, if now is the right time, if maybe the next go around may be a better time for you. Um, But, you know, helping you figure out when and how to get involved in it. So like, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, reach out to her and she will, she will help you figure things out.
1: Yeah, join the Dance Physical Therapist Facebook group. That's a wonderful group. I hold four free virtual summits a year where it's free lessons on how to treat. And uh, it it includes treatment and marketing uh, and sometimes conversations on how for you to get out of your head. Uh, For instance, one we have coming up, which probably by the time this is published will have already happened, will be an Oxford debate based on research on manual therapy versus Uh, exercises, Uh, so, yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's what I was getting into, I'm going to go back, rewind, I was talking about research, is, I I believe it essentially had to do that, do with that, because the research, we need research on anything, um, and it's, and we're still lacking, it's important for me to stay on top of it, because I would treat dancers, there was one research article off the top of my head that came out, and I was having a debate with a student, and um, uh, because I get very, I get very into motivation versus, uh, motivation versus evidence-based because you have to consider both. And one was saying, oh, instead of holding a stretch for 30 seconds, it was three sets of 30 seconds. And I said, that's great. That's only one study that's seeing better results. I said, but is this great long term? Because that is a long time for any habit that we are forming for our exercises that we're doing. That is a growingly frustrating habit to stick to. Mm-hmm. If you're doing three sets of thirty seconds for all the body parts, you need to keep mobile that tend to be uh, hypo mobile compared to the areas that tend to be hyper mobile in a dancer. That's a big commitment for long term. So I love having that evidence there, but that then to assess functionally with the areas that we're missing still to know the questions I still need to have answered, AKA motivation. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just always staying on top of that research. Uh, and and I have that database for any of the people who do the program. So you can just look things up. I've had students use that for presentations to save themselves time to go mm-hmm. through and be like, okay, let's see what we got for hip labral tears or, and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a fantastic point to introduce a special segment that we have on the show. So this is the final bow. Basically, your parting words for the audience. If they leave learning nothing else, what is your big take-home message for them?
1: First of all, I love that little point you made. Brought me so much joy. I almost like get Gideon, like jump up and down from that. My take home message is still has not changed. Be yourself. Be yourself first, be yourself in at home, be yourself at your workplace, be connected with who you are, what you like, what doesn't fly for you, where your boundaries need to be the 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 humans that help you excel the most and feel the best about yourself, surrounding yourself with those people, the humans who not only are that but believe in you, surrounding yourself with those people, just be finding continuing to connect with who you are and what makes you just the most joyous and then. Create those surroundings to best be authentically who you are. There is no other way to live. There is no other way to live. You can fake it, but it's just miserable. I was just watching a documentary about Wham! This old, mm, boy, yes, and George Michael forever because of his career, all these women were lusting after him. He hid the fact that he was gay for the longest time. He had to hide a big part of who he was. And it was very difficult. It was a big trade-off for him for a very long time. I say from the Mm -hmm. get-go, be 100% who you are. So that way you don't have to negotiate terms for you to be you. That's outrageous. You, who you are is great. That There's a girl, Elise Myers on TikTok, who I enjoy very much. And she has this t shirt she wears that says go find less.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you are a person or if you're a person who's introverted, imagine to say go find more. If, the, if you don't work for a person, that's great. Now you both know, move on. Do you know how many people there are in this world? Do you know how many dancers there are in this world? And yes, the dance world, dance medical world is small but it only takes one person to start looking for certain people for a whole other like niche of humans to just evolve. There are so many people in the dance PT, PTA world who are like me. Where at first I thought, oh, the- no, they were just all hiding and feeling ashamed about who they were. So be yourself first so that way you can just honestly be your happiest, be your happiest.
0: Mm-hmm. Last thing, this is your opportunity for your shameless plug. So anything that you want to share that you have going on that you wouldn't promote to the audience, this is your chance. One,
1: if you have not gone to Disneyland or Disney World, you must go. If you can't, if you can't see, and you're just listening, I have a whole Tangled castle in the background. Dance, Disney is joy. I make zero money from doing this. One day. I, my dream is to somehow be par- in partnership with Disney, have unlimited passes and unlimited hotel stay at all the Disney <laughs> hotels all around the world. Okay, so that was the first shameless plug that I don't really benefit from unless Disney decides to, like, sponsor me. Disney, <laughs> that would be great. Um, <laughs> you already said the Dance PT program. Um, I don't think I have anything else other than, let's see. Oh, I have... Yeah, I would just say, just join the Dance Physical Therapist Facebook group, because if you just need free stuff right now, I'm not going to give everything free, but if you want free stuff, there is a lot with the summits and everybody loves those when you can make it to them. And if the replays are only 25 bucks, and if I choose to ever bring up the price, uh, th- that's fine. 25 like is so insanely a rip off. And I literally use that to cover the cost for just advertising the darn thing, but um yeah, I would. Uh, I I would just recommend that and dance PT. Oh, I do have a podcast, Dance Physical Therapist Podcast, um, but it's not really my primary thing. I really just focus very differently than Alyssa. I focus on getting out of your way, burnout. A lot of that stuff is more is is more of where I put my energy there. So proud of Alyssa for doing this podcast. This had better be huge, otherwise I'm gonna be mad at whatever
0: appreciate
1: it yeah i'm I'm so (laughs) happy about this i remember when those like those first came out it's great okay i'm sidetracking as usual it was a joy everyone
0: yes thanks for being a guest today dance med spotlight is hosted and produced by Alyssa arms we discuss all things dance medicine this has been another episode from dance med spotlight the DanceMed Spotlight is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present.